All right, Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy 2019, and welcome to episode four of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf. Woo! I didn't die. I'm out of the hospital. Everything is great. I lost 17 pounds. Way to jumpstart the New Year's weight loss. Yeah, so we would have recorded this episode a lot earlier, but as JR just alluded to, he almost died. Yeah, I was pretty sick, but luckily, uh, the good doctors at Kaiser Permanente helped nurse me back to health. Things are all good, and it is time... For our first episode in 2019, episode four. Heck yeah. My New Year's Eve was spent drinking a lot of monkey shoulder scotch, and I woke up January 1st with the worst hangover I have ever had. I assume (laughs) how I felt for a day, you felt for like the two weeks I I couldn't get a hold of you. It was was pretty bad, and and from what I understand, you haven't had a drink since. It was that bad that I haven't consumed any alcohol since (laughs) the 31st of December, but the 31st of January is upon us, and we do have a game to go to, so perhaps my uh, sobriety days will come to an end and hey at least i'm detoxing for all of january yes yes well welcome back everybody happy 2019 and of course philly and the scarf very very happy to be back with you recording episode four the first one of the new year yeah and on today's show we've got a lot to discuss because a lot of news has happened we're going to talk about our exhibition game against Vissel kobe on the 31st of course we had some players that we re-signed and we're going to get into that i'm really excited to talk about this segment we drafted a few more players really looking forward to at least one of these guys that we drafted i think our front office continues to find gems in the rough i actually think two out of the three guys will make the team out of the uh Out of the first roster, I'm super excited to talk about the Super Draft. Heck yeah, that's going to be a good thing to talk about. Then we're going to just really quickly go over LAFC Team Awards, and big congratulations to some of the staff that's there. A couple little tidbits about MLS news. Of course, our schedule is out, and I also want to mention the games that Scarf and I are looking forward to. And since we didn't discuss it last year, we have to discuss it this year, Philly and the Scarf's New Year's resolutions. That's right. We've got some New Year's resolutions. We'll see if we can stick to them for longer than a day. Absolutely. Or maybe the 31 days of sobriety. Okay. So before we kick it off, happy birthdays. We always start the segments and with all of that. Happy birthday, Mac Miller. Rest in peace, buddy. It would have been your 27th birthday. Unfortunate passing. Super talented young man. Unfortunate to see anybody go that young. But this would have been your 27th. I wanted to you know, acknowledge that. Happy 73rd birthday to the queen of country, Dolly Parton. She's also, I believe, Miley Cyrus's godmother. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I believe that's true. She's Miley Cyrus's godmother. That is one talented family. Yeah, speaking of talent, Edgar Allan Poe, he wrote a lot of stories. Really, I think one of my favorite classes. I took in college was on Edgar Allan Poe, really, really great writer. It would have been, I don't know, like his 200th birthday or something. He's old. Yeah, he uh, he passed away at the tender young age of 40, and that's kind of scary because for me, that's about a year and a half away. I couldn't He imagine. accomplished a lot before he turned 40. That's incredible. Yeah, most certainly more than I did. Uh, Telltale Heart, I remember reading that. And yep. speaking of heart, take another little piece of my heart, Janis Joplin. Uh, it was her birthday today as well. I've missed you singing on the podcast. I forgot about that. One of the Wayans brothers, Sean Wayans, is 47 today. One of 13 different Wayans brothers, I believe. I think there's 13 of them. And then, of course, everyone's favorite Laker, JaVale McGee, acting a fool, 31st birthday today. And I don't know who the next person is on this birthday list, so you'll have to tell all the listeners. Because you're not a wrestling fan. I am. (laughs) WWE, baby. Happy 46th birthday to R-Truth. If you ever see a picture of R-Truth in his mid-40s, this dude is built out of rock. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) And happy birthday to Katie Seagal. Peggy Bundy. I, I mean, I think everybody grew up with the Bundy family, and Peggy Bundy 
Katie Seagal, also obviously Sons of Anarchy. Gemma Teller. Um, I was actually really good friends with her stunt double in a couple of things, which was kind of neat, but that's not her birthday. It's Katie Seagal's birthday today. So happy birthday to all of those lovely people on today, January the 19th, 2019. And on January the 19th, real quick, this day in sports, 1937, Cy Young, yes, the winning, uh, the award for the best pitcher in baseball was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Cy Young elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. 511 wins. His arm finally fell off, I think, at the age of 45. Um, One of those records that will never, ever, ever be broken. 511 wins. 1956, Alexander Cartwright, one of the people attributed to be the inventor of modern-day baseball, got a plaque in Hoboken by the Elysian Fields. That's kind of neat. I think so. I used to live in Jersey City, and we would walk down Washington Street where the Elysian Fields were, and I used to see that plaque all the time. That's why I had to give a shout-out to this. Most people think Abner Doubleday was the one who created baseball, but Alexander Cartwright has a lot of props for this as well. That's right, that's right. All of you Dodger fans out there, Sandy Koufax, 1972, elected to the Hall of Fame, along with former Mets manager and uh, player in 1965, I believe that's all he's known for, is Yogi Berra. I don't think he did anything else with any other team Yogi-isms. Yogi's the man. Yogi is the man. You remember that commercial that he did? I think it was for a Visa card commercial where Yao Ming was in it. Yep. And they kept going, yow, and he's like, yo, yow, and then he'd say, yo, Yo Yogi. That's right. I remember that. Absolutely. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the Yogiism. 1974, your Bruins fans out there may remember this well if you were alive back then. Notre Dame ended UCLA's 88-game winning streak. 88 games. That's a record that's probably not even going to be touched anytime soon. Yeah. Because of this one-and-done rule, and because teams are just not going to be as dominant as the Bruins were during that era. No, and they had two of the greatest college players of all time, Lou Alcindor, who later became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Walton, probably considered the greatest college player of all time. What he would have he been likes to pros, think so. had he had two good knees, he would have been an incredible pro as well. I am a Patriots fan. I love the evil empire. I love watching good teams do good things. Uh, today is... I'm Chewbacca, Wookiee, joking. I know, I know. Today is the 17th anniversary of the Tuck Rule game, the AFC Divisional Playoff, of course. When Tom Brady didn't fumble, it was ruled an incomplete pass, and that was the last time the Raiders were any good. And the last bit of sports history, 2013, Lance Armstrong finally admitted to the fact that he was doping. Finally, after so many years of being... Thrown under the microscope and under the radar and under oath and all that other stuff, he admitted to doping. So, And here we thought he was just fast because he was aerodynamic and had one less testicle than anybody else. All <laughs> right. So that goes with the birthdays. That goes with this day in sports. Let's actually talk about why we're here, and let's talk about stuff that's pertinent to this podcast. I can't wait. We have so many LAFC things to talk about. We've talked about some MLS news in the past. We've talked about all kinds of other stuff. But this, for the rest of our podcast, is going to be all LAFC all the time, starting with the opening of Bank of California Stadium, January 31st, Vissel Kobe from Kobe, Japan, about 250 miles outside of Tokyo, I believe, and this, they are trying to be one of the new Asian super teams out there. Let me tell you, they've got three players that everybody all over the world has heard of, Andres Iniesta and David Villa from Spain, and one of your boys from Germany. Lucas Podolski, baby. World Cup winner with Germany, one of the most decorated players to ever play for Die Mannschaft, and in the Bundesliga, Galatasaray, uh, just to throw a couple others out there. I mean, we are going to be 
watching the game where we have three legendary players, but also three World Cup winners. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat to have those guys on the field. The MLS was lucky enough to have David Villa for the past few years. Uh, he just left NYCFC and signed on with Vissel Kobe. Interesting to note, Vissel Kobe is playing four exhibition games, one against Toronto, one against Columbus, one against our, our former affiliate, Orange County Soccer Club. But the only one that's in an MLS soccer stadium is here at the Bank of California Stadium, January 31st. So really excited. I, I have a good feeling that we're going to at least see their starting 11 to begin the game. Obviously, I think everyone will get subbed in and subbed out. But it, it's going to be pretty fun to watch Iniesta, Via, and Podolsky out there for Vissel Kobe. Yeah, absolutely. And that word again, the word of the day. We didn't, I haven't gotten rid of it from the last podcast. Right. Anyway, so Vissel Kobe, just a little bit of background on them. They got established in 1966, not a particularly successful team with a lot of trophies, but recently they were acquired in 2015 by a company, Japanese company called Rakuten. They are the Amazon of Japan, and if that name doesn't ring a bell for all you Barcelona fans out there, Rakuten happens to be the name and the sponsor on the Barcelona kit. So that company acquired Vissel Kobe, and that's where all the money came into Andres Iniesta, David Villa, Lucas Podolsky. I mean, these are some guys that are clearly done with their time in in Europe, but in order to get them to go to Japan, they needed to be enticed. So we basically have Amazon and Japan money funding the squad. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Rakuten is also the sponsor for the Golden State Warriors NBA jersey. They oh, have those yes, little, I forgot about little that. logos on the upper left hand side, and I believe they are the the sponsor for the Golden State Warriors. So if you watch uh, Steph Curry rain down threes, Demarcus Cousins' first game last night, that was a lot of fun. He fouled out in like 15 minutes, but Rakuten is the sponsor for them as well. And again, it's, it's, it just shows the, the commitment that the LAFC front office has to bringing quality, world-class soccer talent, obviously with Borussia Dortmund last year and now Vissel Kobe. Just the level of talent that we get to see, moreover, the level of talent that LAFC allows itself to be exposed to, because a lot of people are going to hear of LAFC now because of Vissel Kobe coming to town. All those Iniesta fans, all those David Villa fans, and of course all those Podolsky fans, they're going to get a chance to take a look at the black and gold, they're going to take one look at the 3252 and how crazy that is and what a wonderful atmosphere Bank of California Stadium is. Just a great job done by our front office to bring another world-class team into Bank of California Stadium for a friendly. Yeah, we get to open the season a heck of a lot earlier, and we get to see some talented players. I mean, for those of you, I, I can't imagine many of you really need introductions to the players that Vissel Kobe are bringing in, but just a couple of quick highlights. Iniesta, arguably one of the best <laughs> midfielders in the world in terms of, like, the sport. Played 16 seasons at Barcelona, 442 games, 33 trophies he won with the Spanish club, including nine La Liga titles, four UEFA Champions League titles as well. He's a nine-time FIFA World 11 team player and was named to the UEFA Team of the Year six times. Capped with Spain 131 times, him with Villa combined to help Barca win 2010 in the UEFA Champions League. And of course, let's not forget that 2010 World Cup team for Spain. That's right. Both of these guys champions in 2010, the World Cup for Spain. Of course, David Villa, everybody knows him for his time with NYCFC, but of course a veteran of La Liga as well. Played with Barcelona, played with Atletico Madrid. I mean, the guy is just a legend and scores wherever he goes. Just a different level of player out there on the pitch. And of course, your boy, Lucas Podolski, you said it, one of the most decorated players in German history and 2014 World Cup winner 
for your German squad. Yeah, he was. Uh, he didn't get a lot of playing time at that point in his career. He did get a lot of World Cup runs. But with his 48 goals and his 129 international appearance, appearances, he is the fourth highest all-time scorer for Die Mannschaft. Going along with the 2014 World Cup, he also starred and won titles with Bayern Munich. He spent some time in Barcelona, Arsenal, and finishing it off uh, his career in Turkey, playing for the legendary Galatasaray. Yeah, so again, uh, January 31st, Vissel Kobe, we LAFC. We shall be there. And you know, the next thing we're going to talk about on our next segment, let's talk about the players who have just re-signed to the squad. We've got a lot of great players coming back into the black and gold, and that'll be up on our next segment here on Defenders of the Bank, the first episode of 2019, episode four. Yeah, quick little break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to segment two of Defenders of the Bank, episode four with Philly and the Scarf. Yeah, so we re-signed some players, and they came in series after series. And I'll tell you, I was excited when we re-signed Jordan Harvey. Yeah, he is, I mean, i got to say, we're a little biased because Jordan Harvey's wife and their family, they hang out up in Founders, and they have proven to be some of the nicest people that we have ever met up there. But also, I mean, the guy is a rock Back there on our defensive line. So excited to have Jordan Harvey back. His, I believe it's 15 seasons in the league yeah. for Long, Jordan Harvey. Longest in. tenured player on the LAFC roster, too. Absolutely incredible. 15 seasons anywhere. I have trouble doing things 15 times in a row in my life, let alone 15 years. So happy to have Jordan Harvey back. The number two jersey hopefully will hang high above the rafters someday if he stays with us long enough. But again, really excited to have Jordan Harvey back. Yeah, he was a big part of our squad. I mean, he had 23 starts and 29 appearances. So Jordan Harvey definitely got a lot of burn on the pitch. Yeah, he's one of those consistent guys, too. Six straight seasons and eight seasons overall that he's been over 2,000 minutes Made 23 starts, and of course last year became just the 33rd player in MLS history to reach 25,000 minutes. And here's the fun part. His next official MLS game is number 300 in his career. That is an incredible number. Prior to LAFC, of course, he's had time with Vancouver, Philadelphia, Colorado. More on Colorado a little bit later when we start talking about a certain player. But again, his next game will be number 300. Hundred in his career, and, and I just love that John Thorrington and the rest of the uh, the soccer operations squad there really made it a priority to get Jordan back in the fold. Yeah, I mean he's a great ambassador for our club as well. I mean he got an award, the LAFC Community MVP. He was always out there representing us wherever it was on the pickup trucks, waving at events. He was always a good fixture, very fan friendly. Really happy to have him back. I think I might need to buy another jersey, and this jersey that I'm going to put in my rafters is going to be number two, Jordan Harvey. Welcome back, buddy! Will that be jersey number 12, I believe? Jersey number 12, yes. Jersey number 12. All right, well, one player that hasn't been with the team for the last couple of weeks or so, but has re-signed, is current Team USA defender, and finally back into the fold, Walker Zimmerman agreeing to a multi-year contract through 2022. So not only is he in the red, white, and blue, but he is back with the black and gold. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got yeah, a four-year contract. We've got him for a little while in the prime of his career. Really excited to have him back. He's going to be our staple as far as that backline wall is concerned. I mean, he led the club with three game-winning goals last season. He had the goal against the Rapids, Houston Dynamo. He also registered his first ever multi-goal game during the 2-0 win over the San Jose Earthquakes on September 22nd. He proved his worth as he was fighting for a contract, and management rewarded him hopefully uh, very graciously. Yeah, September, October, he was by far our most aggressive player in the box, especially on set pieces. You know, it was something that we had kind of lost when we lost Laurent Simon, that ability to score off of a set piece. And then all of a sudden, over the course of about four or five games, Walker Zimmerman made himself a weapon inside the box on those set pieces. Of course, one of the top center backs in MLS, so we're we're incredibly happy to have him. Like you said, he is a young kid. He's in the prime of his career, started all 26 matches he appeared in last year. And the great thing is, out of those 26 matches, he played the full 90 in almost every single match but two. And again, he's in the January camp with U.S. Soccer. You know, again, I thought it was a steal when we got him from FC Dallas, someone who could be the bedrock of our team for five, ten years, and just so happy. Again, those back-to-back victories against Colorado and Houston, both on Walker Zimmerman game-winning goals. Just so happy to have him again, not in just the red, white, and blue, but in black and gold. Yeah, for as young as he is, what's crazy is he's played six seasons in the MLS. 115 regular season games, 97 starts, 11 goals, 2 assists, 8,888 minutes. So as young as he is, he's pretty tenured in the league. And, you know, he had some really valuable experience for FC Dallas when he was with them. Not just playing in the MLS regular season, but... Uh, MLS Cup playoff games. I think he played in six games before he came to us and LAFC. He played in several U.S. Open Cups before coming here and playing with us last year. And then the CONCACAF Champions League. He's just got a lot of experience outside of MLS regular season games. Just such a valuable guy to have. And, of course, four caps with the U.S. men's national team as well. Got himself a goal against Bolivia on May 29th of this year. And what I think is kind of cool is he's been a captain for the under-18 team. He's been a team MVP at one of our tournaments in Tel Aviv. So the kid's got a lot of experience for being just 25 years old. I think we've got one of the up-and-coming stars in the MLS. I think so, too. And the U.S. men's national team plays Panama on January the 27th. So hopefully we could see Walker Zimmerman get another cap. Well, Christian Ramirez. And maybe we could see Tyler Miller get himself a cap as well. Oh, my God. If Tyler Miller plays, I'll be so happy. Good luck, Tyler. Good luck, Christian. And also, I'm going to have the song Panama in my head now for the next couple dun, of years. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I'm not going to do that anymore. Love that song. Van Hulu! <laughs> so yeah, Walker Zimmerman also back in the fold. And of course, just when we thought we had enough defenders. Nope, we got two more back there. Danilo Silva and Dejan Jakovic. So happy. Now that's four defenders. Everyone was wondering, all right, when are we going to sign a defender? When are we going to sign a defender? And then four We got Harvey, we got Zimmerman, and now Silva and Dejan, MLS veterans. Super excited to have both of those guys back. Talk to us about Danilo Silva. Yeah, he actually scored the last goal of the season, if you do remember, against uh, Real Salt Lake. But yeah, I mean, 32 years old. We picked him up in a summer transfer window. He was on loan from Internacional. And after Simon left and he uh, went to Dijon in France, you know, Silva slid alongside with him with Walker Zimmerman. Together, they led the club to an MLS playoff berth. 
For those of you trying tongue twisters out there, Silva slid alongside. That's impressive. That was a good one there. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. can't believe I pulled it off. <laughs> no, that was pretty good. He, he's one of those guys, too. He's a big guy out there, plays really well, and I really feel like he hit his stride toward the middle of the season, got his confidence there. I mean, again, of course, scoring the last goal of the season against Royal Salt Lake. I'm still not bitter about that at all. Played in 10 regular season matches, got nine starts when he did play. So clearly Bob Bradley likes him when he's out there. So very happy to have Daniel Silva back. Of course, Dejan played in 15 games for us last year, got 13 starts, also played in the Open Cup. He is a Canadian international, and he played in his 100th start this season when we played against Portland. Very well-traveled kind of guy. He's played in the Japanese First Division. He's played in the NASL. He's played for DC United. He's played in Serbia. He's a six foot two center back, and he's also got a lot of Canadian international experience. Yes, he does. And thank you for not playing hockey. We appreciate the fact that you chose soccer, and we appreciate the fact that you're on LAFC, and we're also excited to have you back. So welcome back, Danilo. Welcome back, Dejan. Welcome back, Walker. Welcome back, Jordan. That's right, and those are our four new signings as of right now. I do want to throw one other thing in there. We lost Benny Failhaber to the Colorado Rapids. Benny's on a jet. Yeah, super bummed to see... uh, Rapids. Yeah, you know, Colorado had a tough season last year. I mean, they were not good. And Colorado's trying to make a lot of moves this year. Of course, they've still got Timmy Howard there on the back line in goal. But, you know, it, it was kind of a bummer to see Betty leave. I believe he was captain for us once or twice. Had a great season for us. Started He played the most ton games. Of games. Yeah, started a ton of games for us. You know, so we're losing Benny Failhaber. Again, 44 caps with the U.S. men's national team. He has played all over, Sporting KC, New England Revolution, of course, with us. And now he'll be going to Colorado. We miss you, Benny. We really appreciate your contributions to our opening year. But good luck with Colorado unless we play you. Yes, exactly. That's a game I'm actually going to look forward to. We're going to be talking about that on that segment. So as it stands right now, our roster is as follows. Our forwards, currently we have slotted in there. Latif Blessing, Shaft Brewer, Adama Diamande, Christian Ramirez, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela. Scarf, who are our midfielders? Yeah, super excited for our midfielders. Of course, Eduardo Tuesta back in the fold. Andre Horta, who I think is going to get a lot of time to shine. Mark Anthony K back yeah, on the roster and back okay. in black and gold. Lee Wynn and Josh Perez, it says, is still one of our midfielders here, which I kind of like. I like Josh Perez, so we'll we'll see if he gets some run this season. Yeah, and rounding out our back line, we got Stephen Betashore, Tristan Blackman, uh, Mohamed Elmanir, who we picked up from Orlando, Jordan Harvey, I'm so happy that name's still on the roster, Eddie Segura, Dejan Djokovic, Danilo Silva, and our boy, Tyler Miller. Uh, also, I, that list for some reason didn't include Walker Zimmerman, so we also have Walker. Oh. Oh, yeah, Jesus. I, I can't believe I forgot that. Sorry. I mean, welcome back, Walker, yes. That's right. But, yes, Tyler Miller, it does scare me, by the way, under goalkeepers, which is a plural title, there is only one, as of right now, Tyler Miller. So we'll see what happens. I know they're still trying to get Booba back, and we'll see on the goaltender front who we pick up or what we do. But as of right now, Tyler Miller is it, and he's not even in camp with us right now. He is over on Team USA. Really hope Tyler gets his first cap with Team USA. Very excited about that. The cool part about our roster right now is, as it stands... 
18 players who played with the black and gold in our first season are coming back for season number two. So excited. And again, you know, we've talked about it. I really hope Shaft and Tristan get some run. I hope Christian Ramirez gets a lot more playing time out there. I'm also secretly hoping we still sign Aaron Kovar. I would love to see him come back. But a great roster coming through. We've got 18 players from last year and a full roster going forward against Vissel Kobe on the 31st. Of course, we had a little bit of a scare, and I'm going to highlight our weight what? what segment real quick because I did mention his name. A bunch of crazy news was going out there, but we want to like address this like real quick. Carlos Vela and FC Barcelona. Yeah, so here's the thing. If you've been on any of the LAFC Facebook pages lately, the fan pages, it is the only thing that people have been posting about and talking about for the last, oh, I don't know, a week or so. When Barcelona comes knocking on your door for one of your players, obviously you're extremely worried you'll lose them, especially a player the caliber of Carlos Vela, probably a top two, three, or four player in the MLS, just one of those great guys out there. Barcelona came calling, but it looks as if today, January 19th, is the day that all those rumors got put to bed. Barcelona apparently no longer interested in Carlos Vela, according to, I believe it's Bay and Sports and several other sources out there reporting Carlos Vela no longer on the radar for Barcelona. Thankfully, the one piece I read that I, I completely agreed with, Angels on Parade, not sure if any of you follow that, I do. They said that they saw all that coverage as nothing more than fluff generated during a rather slow transfer market cycle, and thankfully that ended up being the case. Barcelona clearly needed somebody after Munir got transferred over to Sevilla, but... We'll see who they end up picking up going forward. For you Barca fans who were fans of Munir, him and Sevilla are actually going to be playing Barca in the Copa del Rey quarterfinal on January the 23rd. So keep that in mind if you wanted to watch that game uh, for you La Liga fans out there. Yeah, and the other thing I think that's great is that it gives LAFC a lot of free publicity. I mean, the world has been talking about Barcelona possibly acquiring a player from this upstart club in Los Angeles. It can do nothing but put us on the map with more and more fans and, you know, it's a great thing for us. I'm super excited that we've been in the news so much. But obviously, I would have been real pissed had we lost Carlos Vela. So happy that our best player, again, staying with us, it looks like for 2019, Barcelona no longer interested. We have Carlos Vela. All right. And now we're going to take just a quick break just to get us a little bit of water, possibly a little bit of a potty break as well. And then we're going to come back and talk about our pickups from the Super Draft. All right. So hang on a second. Enjoy a word from our sponsor. And we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to segment three of Defenders of the Bank, episode four, with yo man, Philly and the... The Scarf. Okay, so the roster that we updated and mentioned to you earlier was our team from last year with the re-signings, but of course we added three more players. Last week, we had the MLS Super Draft, which instead of having the number one pick like we did last year, we originally started it out with the 16th pick. There was a lot of interesting stuff that happened in that, in that cold day in Chicago, Scarf. Why don't you tell our listeners out there how we started that day. 
Yeah, so the coverage started on MLS's website or on the app or whatever you were watching, and they panned over, of course, to FC Cincinnati, the team with the number one overall pick, and who is standing over at the table? Who? But who? who? Chon Thorrington. I saw that too. Thorrington. Oh my goodness! There were rumors that he was trying to swing a deal for the number one overall pick. Unfortunately, they couldn't get enough TAM money. I believe was the the sticking point, and someone's got to explain at some point what TAM money is to me, but we couldn't get enough of it over there, so we held our spot, and we had our first pick at number 40, and I gotta tell you, I was watching this kid, I love this kid, I've seen all kinds of highlights, he was the Caribbean Combine MVP in October of last year, and he has actually already been capped by the reggae boys, the Jamaican national team. He's had four caps already, I believe. Or is it four goals? I'll have to take a look. He's, had, he's had eight caps, actually, eight caps, with five right. goals. Yeah, this kid, I mean, oh my goodness. He's modeling his game after Kevin De Bruyne, which I think is really cool. I, I love this kid. I'm really super excited. Again, Peter Lee Vassell, our first pick in the MLS Super Draft, number 40 overall. And, and the kid was great. He came up and gave a little speech. I'm super excited about this kid. I, I think he's going to make the team straight out of the roster. I think he's going to be there on the 31st. We might even get to see him play a little bit in the black and gold. I think so. Now, I just want to address a question that you threw out there. What is TAM? Well, I got that answer for you, buddy. All right, let's talk about it. Targeted allocation money. It's yes. a special pot of money provided by the league to clubs so that they could either sign or retain impla- impact players who are not considered designated players. Each MLS team receives about $1.2 million of TAM per year for 2018 and for 2019. That's how the ruling goes. So for those fans out there who are wondering what that meant, that's what target allocation money is. TAM. There you go. The more you know. All right. And again, he likes to play midfield. He says he plays as an 8 or a 10, which I kind of like. He keeps pushing the ball forward. He attacks. This is just a kid who I think we're going to see a little bit of this season. Peter Lee Vassell, of course, we saw both of our top overall picks last year in Joao Moutinho, who unfortunately is with Orlando City, and Tristan Blackman, who's with us. We saw both of them in black and gold several times throughout the year. So really looking forward to seeing Peter Lee Vassell. Yeah, he's a different kind of player, and he's had a lot of different kind of experience. Not to knock on any of the guys that played Division One NCAA soccer, but he played professionally. I mean, to be capped with Jamaica, I mean, eight games and five goals, he's had a different level of experience. He's played with older, bigger, tougher, more experienced individuals, and I think he's a steal as far as the draft is concerned just because of the fact he didn't play NCAA ball in in the U.S. I I completely agree, and again, like I mentioned, the Caribbean Combine MVP, but he was the only player invited from the Caribbean Combine to the MLS Combine held prior to the draft, so Uh, Not only did we think we saw something special, but the MLS invited him to our combine as well, which, again, really excited to see this kid in action. Yeah, if you happen to see him, don't buy him a drink, because if you would, it's illegal. He's 19. Wait two years. 19 years old. Young kid from Jamaica. Very excited to see what he does. Day two of the MLS Super Draft came around. We picked number 64 overall, and that's where we got a midfielder from the University of Pittsburgh, Javi Perez. And I know, Philly, we've been talking a little bit about this kid, Javi Perez, because of his background. Tell us a little bit about Javi. Yeah, he was a team captain over there. He started and appeared in 16 games for Pitt. He was a second-team All-ACC honors. He had eight points, which was third on the team, four assists, two goals, recorded 
recorded 21 total shots and had nine shots on goal. He grew up, interestingly enough, he grew up playing for Valencia, which is which has one of the top youth academies in Spain's La Liga. So he clearly had a really good pedigree coming up. Yeah, you know, and the cool part about it is he's got the ear of David Villa. David Villa went through that same Valencia pipeline that uh, Javi has. And Javi says he's talked to David Villa several times. David Villa's kind of gotten in his ear, helped him along in his development. So that's kind of a neat connection there with Javi Perez out of Pittsburgh, our number 64 overall selection. And then we got Kevin Mendoza out of Liberty University, the 73rd overall pick. Liberty, 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 And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've been gathering us followers left and right on social media. Doesn't Kevin Mendoza follow us uh, at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram? Yes, he does. He was among the first of the new draft picks to like one of our posts and follow us. So thank you, sir. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin Mendoza. I think Philly might have to get a 13th jersey if you make the team and get on the roster there. Uh, Played at Liberty, four-year starter at Liberty University, all-conference honors all four seasons, two-year captain for the team, 32 goals and 15 assists in his college career. Uh, He's a 25-year-old midfielder, so he's an old kid coming out of college, but a lot of experience there while he was at Liberty. Uh, Also played for the U-17 and U-20 squads in Mexico for Cruz Azul. So a lot of experience there for Kevin Mendoza. We'll see if he makes the team. It's going to be tough with the 73rd selection overall in the fourth round. But again, Javi Perez and Kevin Mendoza are two day two selections. Yeah, the one thing all these players have in common is they're all predominantly midfielders. So yes, the competition for playing time is going to be very stiff because our midfield and our forwards, it's a pretty crowded area at this point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We've got a lot of quality midfielders, not just a crowded area, but a a crowded area with a lot of quality players there in the midfield. So we'll see what happens. I'm not optimistic about Kevin making the team, but we'll see if Javi gets an extra look. He went through that DV7 Academy with David Villa, and of course, when you have the ear of David Villa, hopefully you'll get an extra look by LAFC, but... I'm loving Peter Lee Vassell. We'll see what happens. Of course. Now, you, for those of you out there, we started <coughs> off the draft. Actually, we should have had the 16th pick. But one thing we didn't address earlier in the topic was why the heck we ended up going from the 16th to the 40th pick. So, Scarf, why don't we just highlight that real quick? Yeah, so it appears to be one of those handshake deals that we made with FC Cincinnati that was finally culminated at the MLS Super Draft where we gave our 16th pick and $175,000 in allocation money in exchange for the 73rd pick for FC Cincinnati and their 2020 allocation ranking, but that might bump down to the 2021 allocation ranking based on where they stand. But that was all done, apparently, so that FC Cincinnati would not take anybody from the expansion draft from LAFC. Most notably, Stephen Betashore was the player that they were targeting. So very happy that we were able to keep Stephen Betashore in the fold. Of course, we dropped down from 16, I believe, to 40 was our next pick. And we acquired the 73rd pick, who, of course, we got Kevin Mendoza with. But we'll see. Again, FC Cincinnati wanted too much allocation money, 500000 I believe. LAFC was 200000 so we were, you know, a couple hundred thousand apart. So we made the deal that was contingent on FC Cincinnati not taking anybody in the expansion draft. So we kept Stephen Betashore, and that's great. That's fine news by me, because I think anybody who would have gotten at 16, at 40, at 64, 73, I don't care where, all four of those players might not have added up to what Stephen Betashore gives our club. Of course, and he just aired episode... 
One, season two of Beta Time. And if you haven't checked it out on YouTube, his guest is our boy, the game changer, Latif Blessing. So make sure you tune into Beta Time. Yeah, Beta Time so much fun to watch. And anything that Latif Blessing does is fun to watch. So make sure you check out episode one of season two, Beta Time, with Stephen Betashore and Latif Blessing. Okay, so that's our roster as of right now. Now, we definitely had a successful season overall as far as not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. And LAFC had some team awards, and we just wanted to highlight some of that as well. Of course, our 2018 MVP, our boy Carlos Vela, team leading 14 goals. He was 7th in the league. 13 assists, 6th in the league while he led our team in that. And he made the MLS Team of the Week 6 times. And he did all this despite the fact that he was also on a World Cup break. Could you imagine what his statistics might have been had he not gone to play for Mexico? Yeah, very easily could have been top 2, top 3 in goals and assists. Uh, He looked fantastic for Mexico. So, oh my goodness, we were watching him down at the Figueroa Club and... Could not believe how good Carlos Vela looked out there. So, of course, team MVP, that was a pretty easy choice. Our defensive MVP was the guy we made sure that FC Cincinnati did not take in the expansion draft, Stephen Betashore. Of course, he won the MLS Cup with Toronto in 2017, but he was one of our backline stars all season for our first season in MLS. One of the top five right backs in the MLS, Stephen Betashore, our defensive MVP. Without a doubt. And let's talk about the LAFC Community MVP Award. Our One of our signings, Jordan Harvey, was given that award. And everyone's favorite goalkeeper, Tyler Miller. That's yes. right. He shared the award with Jordan Harvey. Tyler Miller, Jordan Harvey, our LAFC co-community MVPs. They did so much great work all throughout the season. Jordan Harvey led a toy drive. Tyler Miller hung out with the pediatric oncology patients at Kaiser in Los Angeles, which if it was the West Los Angeles one, that was where I was born, but that doesn't matter. Tyler Miller got an award for being a great guy. Yes, of course. Very great guy. And interestingly enough, the club also received four MLS uh, club and executive awards, which was second most out of uh, every team in the MLS, just behind, well, who else? Atlanta. We had Corporate Partnerships Team of the Year. We had Business Analytics Team of the Year. I mean, these are some interesting awards to win being a first-year team. Yeah, but there's one award I want to make sure we highlight, the MLS Marketing Executive of the Year. Yes. If you are not following, if you have not met, if you do not know, at LAFC Rich, Rich Orozco, there is not a harder working man in show business than Rich. He is literally the lifeblood and one of the founding fathers of our team. So happy and excited to have MLS Marketing Executive of the Year, Rich Orozco, on board for us. The fourth award, I believe, that you're talking about out of the four major awards, we got an award for being an expansion team. <laughs> yes, the award of awards. Yay, we got the expansion team award. So well, Thank you for showing up award. Good job being an expansion team, LAFC. You mean we, we didn't were, have any competition? I Come don't on. think we had any competition last year for winning the expansion team award. So I'm super excited. We won that award. I can't wait to see what that award looks like. It's It's got to be like a big thumbs up or a high five or something. I don't know. But again, congratulations to Rich. And lastly, 2018 LA Sports Executive of the Year, the man, the myth, 
the legend Tom Penn. Yeah, he is what the owner that you see at every game. I've, I've seen Tom Penn countless times. I've gotten to shake his hand and converse with him countless times. Definitely a hardworking individual and a well-deserved award. Yeah, absolutely. Under Tom Penn, LAFC and Bank of California Stadium became a true destination, it says on our website there for LAFC. For LA fans, families, casual bystanders, 453,000 fans attending LAFC matches in our first season. A big congratulations to the LA Sports Executive of the Year, Tom Penn. But before we move on from our awards, we do want to give a shout out. Eight of the top ten new sales spots in MLS were locked up by LAFC sales executives, including some of our favorites, of course, your ticket rep, Lily, and my ticket rep, Peyton. Very, very happy for the two of them. And of those acknowledged as the league's top 18, LAFC had 13. So super excited for all of our great representatives in the sales and marketing and business office to have 13 of the top 18 all-rookie new FSE salespeople. A big congratulations, but of course, special shout-outs to Lily and Peyton. Love us. you, Lily and Peyton. And let's not forget, you know, shout-outs to Vincent, Casey, Sebastian, Brendan, Nick, and Alan as well. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, Jeff, Rebecca, Brian, Robbie, and Max, you guys rounded out the 13. And again, I can't wait till next year when we occupy all 18 spots for the best salespeople as well. Congratulations to our fantastic marketing and sales team. And again, our Executive Vice President of Brand and Community, Rich Orozco, Marketing Executive of the Year, leading the way for his leadership in the area of marketing and the overall impact on the club's business in building LAFC than MLS's brand in the local LA market. Jeez, that was more impressive than my tongue twister about Danilo Silva. Way to go, Scarf. Rich is the man. Rich is the man. LAFC Rich, we love you. We love you. All right. Now, just one more quick break, and we're going to wrap a few more things up. So, a word from our sponsor. Woo, we don't have one. All right, welcome back. We're going to wrap things up here. One thing that happened that we just wanted to address is uh, we we had a passing, a, a legend in the world of U.S. soccer and the MLS, Ziggy Schmidt, who was the head coach of the LA Galaxy, sadly passed away at Christmas time at the age of 65 years old. He had the most wins in the history of the MLS, 266 regular season and playoff wins. Not only did he have that, guy was also an MLS Cup winner in 02 with the Galaxy and repeating that feat again in 2008 with the crew. Big time guy at UCLA as well. He played his college soccer there from 72 to 75 where he started all four years, which is a really interesting statistic as well. He... Worked on the U.S. men's national team. I mean, he was the MLS Coach of the Year in 99 and 2008. I mean, my heart goes out to his family and the players that have played for him. He really was a titan when it came to U.S. men's soccer here in the U.S., and he developed so many players. So I just wanted to address that. You know, Ziggy Schmidt, you know, rest in peace to you. Scarf, do you want to say anything? Yeah, I thought it was a great move by MLS to rename their Coach of the Year award the Ziggy Schmidt Coach of the Year after the news of his passing. And it really cannot be understated what he did for soccer here in the United States, and especially soccer on the West Coast. 
all of his work for the Galaxy, helping to bring championships there. You know, whatever you feel about the Carson Galaxy, you have to recognize greatness when you see it. And Siggy Schmid is just one of those, like you said, he's a titan when it comes to coaching. And the U.S. soccer community and the world soccer community lost a great with Siggy Schmidt's passing uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, rest in peace, Siggy. Again, our hearts go out to you and your family. Yep. All right, so we got the season underway here in a couple of weeks. It's it's fast approaching. I can't wait. I mean, we start off, we open the bank. I mean, we open the bank on the 31st of January, but officially we opened it up on the 3rd of March. Scarf, what games are you looking forward to this season? Yeah, there's one that popped out at me rather early in our season. Pretty excited about Saturday, April 18th. 7.30 p.m. at Bank of California Stadium, we get to meet the new guys, FC Cincinnati. Last year, we were the new guys. Well, this year, they're coming in as the newest kid on the block. Pretty excited to see what they've done with their team. Of course, they've made a lot of great moves through the expansion draft and through free agency, and I'm excited to see it. You know, I've heard quite a bit about the fans of FC Cincinnati. They outdrew a lot of MLS teams last year. They averaged 34,000 per game. Yeah, they outdrew LAFC. Their average attendance is about 10,000 more than what our stadium holds. But they also play in a football arena. They do play in a football arena. It is Cincinnati, but I I can't wait. I I like to see a look at the new guys. FC Cincinnati takes on LAFC in their first Dealing with the 3252, that's going to be a raucous arena. April 18th, Saturday, April 18th, 7.30. Really looking forward to the match against FC Cincinnati. What about you? What's what's the one match that pops out on the schedule for you so far? I mean, the obvious one is going to be the tw- uh, August the 25th against the Galaxy, but that's kind of a no-brainer. The game I'm looking forward to, though, is the game on... The 27th of July, that's when we play Atlanta. The defending MLS Cup champions come to Bank of California Stadium, and they come armed not only with a new coach, but a re-signed five-year extension, Joseph Martinez. And I think Miguel Almiron, this deal with Newcastle doesn't seem like it's coming to fruition because he's not on the roster yet. We're going to get to see these guys play in the arena, and that's going to be fun. Frank DeBoer, their new head coach, taking over for Tata Martino. The guy was a legend at Ajax and FC Barcelona. I mean, it can't be understated how good of a player this guy was. Really good coach as well. Coached Ajax to 60% wins during his tenure there. Not so lucky in Serie A in Italy with Inter Milan or in the Premier League with Crystal Palace. But it is a really big deal to get a guy of this caliber coaching in the MLS. So I'm going to say the game against Atlanta United, I'm excited for and. I know we're going to be playing with a chip on our shoulder, but we're also going to be playing with so much more intensity because we're going to take it to the MLS Cup champions. If we want that title, we need to show these guys that we're here to play. We need to just kick the living tar out of them that day. Yeah, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And it's going to be interesting to see what we do. I mean, Atlanta absolutely dismantled us when we went in to Atlanta I mean, it was bad. It was not the finest day for Joao Moutinho, unfortunately, no longer on the black and gold roster. But that that was a rough one there for Joao. He cost us a couple of goals in that one. But it went downhill quickly. So I'm excited to see it. You know, anytime we get to watch a guy like Joseph Martinez, we'll see if Miguel Almiron is on the team. I know Tito Villalba was just now linked to a couple of teams looking to sign him from overseas. Actually, I think in Liga MX. So it'll be interesting to see who Atlanta still has on their roster. They got that kid, George Bello, who's like 16, 17. I'm kind of excited to see him play if he gets to see uh, the action when we play him on Saturday, July 27th. One more I just wanted to throw out there real quick. 
Toronto FC, the return of the general, Saturday, September 21st. I don't know how I feel about this. I got to tell you, if you're a Montreal Impact fan out there, first of all, if you're a Montreal Impact fan, what are you doing listening to our podcast? But thanks for listening. (laughs) But if you're a Montreal Impact fan, that would be like somebody going from the Yankees to the Red Sox, the hated rivals, Toronto FC. I mean, Simon was a mainstay in Montreal, but of course, he was also our first captain. So many great moments at the bank and on the road, and now I'm going to have to watch him in a red Toronto. FC jersey. I don't know how I feel about this, but look, I'm going to cheer him. I'm probably going to have my Simon t-shirt on underneath my the scarf jersey (laughs) that I'll be wearing, but it's going to be tough to to cheer for him after the opening kick. So the return of Laurent Simon, Saturday, September 21st at 7.30. Yeah, I also want to throw a shout out to my alma mater, Indiana University. Uh, And the reason I mention that is because the sixth pick of the MLS draft was Griffin Dorsey, who was a Hoosier. He's going to be interesting to see. I I hope this kid has a good career, puts my alma mater on the map when it comes to the MLS. And if you don't know, Indiana University has a pretty solid squad when it comes to the, the NCAA. So not a basketball school, ladies and gentlemen. Five national titles does not compare to the many more that the IU men's soccer team has. I would just like to say that we had a schedule of things that we were going to talk about, and that wasn't on there. So uh, Philly definitely loving his IU homer right now. Yeah, uh, falling off the about- script, baby. <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> and, you know, hey, while we're talking about it, our last home game of the season is the return of Benny Failhaber. Yeah, Benny's returning on a jet on October the 6th with Colorado. I... I'm going to be really pissed if I hear fans booing him when they announce the starting lineup with his name. That's just not a name to be booed. I really hope that we, we embrace him, and I'm pretty sure we're going to. There's no reason to boo Benny Failhaber. He was one of my favorite players this season. It's going to be bittersweet seeing him in a different jersey, but it's still going to be pretty cool seeing him again. i got to say, I'm interested to see, though, what Colorado looks like that deep into the season. You have 112-year-old Tim Howard back there in goal. <laughs> Benny is a very, let's say, well-capped MLS player. He's played, I believe, 14 seasons now. This will be his 14th season. You know, they've got some old guys on Colorado, of course, trying to mix it up and get some younger faces out there. But we'll see what Colorado looks like on Sunday, October 6th at 1 p.m., course, the return of Benny Failhaber. All right. So, I mean, there's so many games to look forward to. I can tell you how excited I am about the May 4th game against Chicago where Bastian Schweinsteiger comes in because I'm part German and I love Die Mannschaft, but I'm just going to end it right there. <laughs> throwing that quick little thing out there. But yeah, I mean, so many games to be excited for. And I just, I'm glad we don't have to wait till March. You got January 31st around the corner. I can't wait. Yeah. And we would love, Philly and the Scarf would absolutely love to hear what games you're looking forward to and why you're looking forward to them. Hit us up at Facebook and Instagram at Defenders of the Bank or on Twitter at Defend the Bank. Let us know what games you're most looking forward to. Let us know why you're looking forward to them. We would love to hear your feedback. Again, at Defend the Bank on Twitter and at Defenders of the Bank on Facebook and Instagram. Tell us what games you're looking forward to and why. And with that, we've reached the final little segment that we've got here on the podcast, because I was paying attention to what we said we were going to talk about. (laughs) Our New Year's resolutions. Philly, what is your New Year's resolution for 2019 as it relates to the Los Angeles Football Club? I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe in life resolutions. And my life resolutions in the year 2019 are going to be to go to more away games. I We're definitely going to be in attendance June 1st uh, on the road against Portland. More away games is one resolution. 
One that I think my wife would appreciate, I need to stop buying jerseys. It's gotten ridiculous. I bought another two today on my route to Pasadena. I don't need these many jerseys, but I'm obsessed. It's an addiction. You've I need to slow problem, down. You've got a problem, that's for sure. You've got um, a lot of scarves. What are you talking about? I, At least my name isn't Philly the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> At LAFC underscore the scarf if you want to find out about all the great scarves that LA, scarves, scarves, scarves that LAFC uh, produces. We're going to have some pretty cool news, actually, about a very special scarf in just a little bit. Really looking forward to that. My New Year's resolutions, I've got two. One, I will fly in the face of your resolution, and one is to buy more scarves. I can't wait. (laughs) This year, I got up to about 52. I can't wait to hit triple digits. 100 LAFC scarves. I don't even know if they're going to make that many, but we'll see. I'm going to have to start getting sponsorship dollars for a storage bin for your scarves. I know, I can't And my jersey. It's going to be so much fun. So my first resolution is more scarves, and my second resolution, which I'm very, very excited about, is to see, like you said, not just more away games, but one away game in particular. As a born and raised Mets fan, I'm super excited to go see NYC FC's home game against LAFC. It's at Yankee Stadium, which is going to be a lot of fun, and I believe that's the weekend before my birthday or the weekend after my birthday. I've got to double-check and see when that game is. But I think Philly and the Scarf... Might have to make an appearance at Yankee Stadium for NYCFC's. I'm going home. home. Match. I'm going home. That's right. That's we got a place to from. stay. We don't have to pay for hotels. I know. I can't wait. So we're going to talk about that on our next podcast. Our travel tip. Our travel trips. Excuse me. Coming up on our next podcast, episode five, coming up in just about a week, week and a half or so. I got one more resolution. One more resolution. And I, th- and I think I speak for the both of us when I mention this. I want to podcast more frequently. We want to podcast more frequently. And that being said, not only are we going to start doing this more frequently, but we're going to start adding some different elements to our pod as well. We can't mention any names yet because we're working on confirming them, but we've got a lot of special guests lined up throughout the course of the season. So not only are you going to get to hear these two chuckleheads on the mic, you're going to get to hear some other individuals as well. It's a pretty popular and prominent folks around the LAFC community as well. My last resolution actually now that you bring that up we're going to be doing some giveaways and some contests on our facebook instagram and twitter very very excited for that so again if you are not following us we resolve to do more giveaways contests and we're going to be as accessible as we can on facebook and instagram at defenders of the bank b-a-n-c and of course on in on twitter excuse me at Defend the bank. So if you're not following us, please do on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. We are going to give away scarves. We are going to give away tickets. We are going to give stickers, away all pins kinds and buttons. of fun stuff. That's right. Stickers, pins, and buttons. Oh my. So if you're not following us, make that your resolution in 2019 to start following and to continue listening to the Defenders of the Bank podcast. Philly, this was a great episode. I so much so fun too. to be back doing this again with you. It is. And a couple things I wanted to throw out there. You'll be seeing us all around Bank of California Stadium all year. I will have my Philly 80 jersey, and Scarf is going to have his Scarf 83 jersey. If you happen to spot us, and you recognize the names on the back, and we hear you yell, Yo, Defenders!, 
we may have gifts to hand out to you then and there, whether they be pins, whether they be stickers, whether they be buttons. I'm going to make sure to go and get a lot of those just so we can pass them out and, and spread the word. Just want to say thank you to all of those that have been following us and, and listening to us. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. If there's anything interesting that you want us to talk about, uh, or even if you want to come on the show, feel free to hit us up on any of the social media things. Please do. And one thing I just want to address real quick because we did talk about it on Instagram, is I told you a while ago that if we hit a 1,000 followers in a relatively quick period of time, I'm going to get the Defenders logo tattooed on me. We're fast approaching, I think. We're, we're only about 60 followers away, and we might have to do a live podcast while Philly is getting the Defenders of the Bank tattoo. I'm very, very excited about this. So again, tell your friends we need about 60 more followers to hit the 1K mark, and Philly will get... The Defenders of the Bank Tattoo. Very, very excited to see Philly get a tattoo again, 60 followers away. So we need you, LAFC fans. Tell your friends. Tell Galaxy fans, if you know any, to first of all, (laughs) stop watching Carson and to start watching LAFC and hit us up on our podcast. Tell everybody you know. We're really excited. Again, thank you so much from the Defenders of the Bank, Philly and the Scarf, to you. Have a wonderful 2019, and we will be back in just about a week, week and a half or so with episode two of our new year, episode five overall of Defenders of the Bank. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you at the bank January 31st. Philly and the Scarf signing out. Defenders of the Bank, baby. Bye-bye. Hoorah.